Hey, welcome to the 13th episode of the Come On Dude podcast. I'm joined here by two of the top teams in the Boom Goes Dynamite Fantasy League. Howdy. How are you doing? Yeah, we know we're doing great. We are currently recording this during the Packers. <laughs> As Booby celebrates, what just happened? Christian Watson. Speaking of, you went for a $50 wafer wire pickup in a league that I was in. Dude, my fucking shit just crashed. Oh. There was a penalty. There was a penalty. All right, just continue. We, we, uh, this is, this is why I didn't want to record during this. Joel in the other room said, let's go, hands clapping. So we'll, we'll hopefully, hopefully that means, uh, I scored still. Um, we're going to talk sports today or what's happened so far this past week and things like that. Um, Justin Verlander ends up winning the Cy Young Award. Um, it's his third time winning it. He joins an elite group of people. But the reason I put this on here is because he's 39 and he did that, which is, I, I want to say it's one of the oldest to ever do so. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Paul Goldschmidt, shout out Lang from the St. Louis Cardinals, wins an MVP for the NL. Aaron Judge wins his MVP for the AL. Zach, you got any comments on baseball? Are we moving on? We're moving on. Yeah, that's that's fair. I was to uh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was gonna say that feels like guys like Verlander, the older dudes that are just monsters, or or like not older dudes, but guys that have been monsters for a long time are like really good when they get older still too. Like like remember Greg Maddox? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. more or less just like they know how to pitch to guys. Like they can mix it up really well. And I read a stat that Verlander, so he's been hurt in 2020 and 2021, but the last full season he played was 2019. He also won the Cy Young that year too. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, he's always been amazing though. So, but we've got college basketball has started up here. Um, they played on the, um, I don't know what to call it, aircraft. No, not aircraft. Watercraft hangar carrier thing. So that's usually no when it's starting up. But there's been a ton of upsets. Uh, recently in the early going. Yeah, I haven't been really paying attention too much. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you know, there's been a couple good games and whatnot, but hey, catch me mid-season, start getting into it, and then obviously March Madness it just goes down. I just, I just can't with college sports. I don't know what it is. I just can't get into it. College basketball I can do. I think it's fun to watch because I don't think there's a – ton of games i mean there's 32 plus a tournament so i feel like you can watch like the good teams here and there when they play each other can i make an observation though i feel like that a reason that you may be more into college basketball than me is that it has a lot to do with coaching because there there's not as much freedom as like the nba guys have like in college like they're organized running an offense and there's zones and your favorite team is Syracuse runs a zone. Like there's a lot of coaching emphasis behind college basketball rather than the NBA where it's just talent kind of takes over and you run through one guy rather than a system. That's my take. No, to a point, I think you're definitely correct there, but I mean, coaching is such a weird thing because like, look at the NBA. If you don't, you don't perform with the people that are out there, like you're out. And yes, to a point, you obviously have to be a good coach, 100%. But like, Lakers have LeBron and AD, and they're like, what, three and 10? (laughs) 
Yeah, but like the team around them isn't good either. I guess sure. like you sure. could argue. Sure. But at the same time, I would like to say, ending college basketball talk. Shout out Bellerman. Shout out the Bellerman basketball team. Um, I found out about them last year. They don't dribble the basketball. They literally pass it like over and over and over again. Like they limit themselves like under like sixty dribbles a game, and they beat Louisville. Yeah. But, so. Before we move on, I do want to say. Kentucky, I'm going to bring this up next podcast, but Kentucky's incoming class next year, it's, like, unfair. Like, I think they have four top 15 recruits in the nation going there. Dude, it sucks because I used to be, like, so into, like, I think it's more that I'm older now and the kids are younger than me, but, like, when I was in high school and whatnot, I would, like, stalk the fucking, like, recruiting classes. Like, I would literally know everything about, like, the top 25. And, like, that's how I knew guys, like, Shea Gill, just Alexander, why I loved Markel Fultz so much. Uh, we can touch on Shea when we get to NBA, too. He's been going absolutely, like, MVP level. Like, I mean, yeah, we can just rotate so that now, I mean, he's playing unbelievable. Like, I'm hearing stats of, like, all these numbers he's putting up, and they're throwing out names like, this guy's doing it before Luka and Giannis and LeBron and this and that. And then they're like, yeah, it's Shea who's doing all this. And it's like, wow. I guess I didn't realize I was saying this to a couple of guys earlier today that um I uh really like Shea. I I liked his like high school highlights and then I I really liked him at Kentucky. I thought he was gonna be a really good starter in the NBA, but I would have never expected him to be uh like this kind of scorer that he is. He's averaging thirty two a game. Um mm-hmm. like he's just kind of a he he's like a unique kind of scorer, like and he moves in a different way and he's like lengthy and like six six. So like He's got a really strong mid-range game, but he's developed his three in, like, his step-backs are, like, insane. People were, like, super skeptical on how he would be off the dribble in the NBA because he's got this kind of weirder jump shot to him. But, I mean, the dude's an insane basketball player. Like, so fun to watch. Some people are calling him the best uh, Thunder player of all time. I'm sure uh, – I'm sure <laughs> – I'm sure you found that on ball sack sports or some shit like that, bro. But... Zach, it's got pretty pretty realistic take there. Huh? <laughs> is that the same? <laughs> what is say is that? that the same source that gave you like where you should draft people in fantasy? Yeah, yeah, it is, dude. I'm telling you, ball sack really oh, throws some good things out there. You know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sure. I just. I don't know what you want me to say to that, Zach. Like, okay, I have a worse record than you. Sure. My my points are a little bit off too, but I don't know what you Time about. Um, uh, my PC crashed. Did the Packers mix, miss an extra point? Did Crosby miss? I'm going to find out right now. This is no, no, no. Oh, oh, it got blocked. So it wasn't the Silver Fox's fault? No. Okay. It never is. I mean, dude, he was horrendous last year. That's... I mean, does he actually have the name Silver Fox? Like, no, I just think Zach calls him that. And yeah, okay, dope, and I'll I run thought. with it. That's what I thought. Just, I think it's awesome. I'll run with it. I'll run with it. But last thing about sports today, NBA stuff, the Blazers. Now, Booby had made a claim in one of the earlier podcasts that the Blazers were going to be better than the Suns. I think currently in the standings, they might be now. They weren't before. Now the Suns are doing good still, but like, they look good. Dude, I mean, like, they made moves to surround Dame with a couple good pieces, and, like, I like their 
back end of the rotation guys like Nazir Little and Shaden Sharp looks great. People had a lot of question marks about him because he hadn't played basketball in a year and he sat out. But like they they just they're a good basketball team. Nurkic, Jeremy Grant. Anthony Simons filling Anthony Simons, yeah, man. Filling the role of like CJ McCollum almost better to a sense because he can kind of take the ball away from Dame a little bit, and Dame's okay with that, is giving them a new dynamic that I don't think McCollum gave them. McCollum was really off ball when he was with the Blazers, I thought, and definitely was second fiddle. Yeah, I think a lot of that probably is coaching because if you see McCollum now with New Orleans, he operates as a point guard, and mm-hmm. he's more than adept at doing that. Yeah. But I would say that when he was younger and he was with the Blazers, that part of his game may have not been as developed at the time when – I mean, I think Terry Stotts. Wait, mm-hmm. yep. is it Stotts or Scotts? It's Stotts. A thousand Scott's percent, I'm right. Gone. Yeah, whatever. I don't. I don't really care. He's gone. Um, <laughs> he never did anything for them other than win them a lot of regular season games. Anyways, what I'm what I was getting at is that, like, yeah, like Amphrey Simons is playing with a lot more freedom that I don't think McCollum had. McCollum was relied on as a secondary scorer to Dame, and they didn't have a lot behind that either. So. Yeah, yeah we get a lot of interesting NBA stories to just kind of keep up along the way. Um, this week in Boom Goes the Dynamite was a trade deadline week. We had until 7 p.m. tonight on Thursday to make some trades. And there definitely was talk all over the league. I can say that with confidence from every player. I think every player is either one, fighting to get out of a garbage bowl situation, two, trying to gear up for that fantasy push or that playoff push. So, some things that did happen, though, have involved one of our podcast mates here. So Zach gets Justin Herbert, Foreman, Chubb, and Devontae Smith from Verts, who receives Mahomes, Duvernay, James Robinson, and Pollard. And this had a pretty big uproar in the chat due to one player's decisions. We're going to let Booby start, and then we'll let Zach chime in with the, his take on his trade after. Um, let me start off with this. I guess Joel's always had the statement that we can't, we, everybody freaks out about almost like every trade that happens, but like, we don't know unless like it's for another three, four weeks, if it was a good trade or not, like it's all about the results after and like from face value, I fucking hate this trade. It sucks. A kid that is one loss behind me that is 99% chance to make the playoffs is holding the second seed in a bye. I think he got a lot better and it hurts. I don't like that for me. So I'm going to be biased and hate the trade. So you're saying that Zach won the trade. I I think so. Because I mean, I just did something similar myself. I traded away a quarterback for a lot of value at skill positions and he filled it with a quarterback that, you know, I mean, he got Herbert back. I already had Fields, but he he still has Herbert, and Herbert's getting his weapons back here down the stretch. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are back at practice. He just turned the number like a top five quarterback, number one as it stands, into a bunch of huge values at at positions that he needed. And Zach has had the injury bug this year, and James Robinson getting traded was a little weird. So like. He just made moves to strengthen the his his like championship lineup. Say he gets there or just playoff lineup. He just strengthened that, and you know I as sitting in first place don't like that. 
at all. Zach, what you Sorry got? Sorry for being long-winded. Zach. Um, <clears throat> that was actually a lot more tame than I expected out of Booby. So hats off to Booby for taking a step back and probably looking a little bit more into like the stats of each player. And I mean, it, the trade was basically about four players. That's that's really what it came down to. And obviously Mahomes being the best player in fantasy this year, I wanted a little more. So me and Verts swapped on some flex guys and people think these flex guys are like out of this world, like having a huge gap between them, but I, I disagree. Yeah, I just I, – I wouldn't say that there – it's an out-of-this-world gap, but, like, just down the list, like, it's just, like, that incremental, like, in, like they're just a little bit better, maybe a little bit better. Like, I I personally think that, like, what, are we comparing James Robinson for Deontay Foreman if we're doing this trade? Like, if we're going third guy for third guy, like, I mean, I don't think that's a question. I don't think that's a question that Deontay Foreman's better. Like I don't, I don't know if Verts feels comfortable starting James Robinson at all. I look at Verts' team now, and he's like starting I right don't, now. I don't, I, I mean, I, I'll say I don't think he's making the playoffs. And if he does, hats off, and it's a good trade for him. But like, I just, I, I hate it on Verts' side, and I love it for you. And that's gonna obviously make me mad so, about the trade. So just, just to comment on the James Robinson thing, obviously you point out he got traded to the Jets, which is a very run heavy team. A playoff team. They're they're a really good team this year, which is really weird mm-hmm. and it's annoying because it's the Jets. No one likes the Jets. But would you believe me if I told you James Robinson is still a better running back in fantasy than Zeke? What what point are you trying to make? You're just saying names and say names. Like your argument for why, it, like, oh, this was a close trade is like about. completely it's stupid. Some, it's like everybody knows what I'm saying. Looking like, at it, nobody you won the trade. Like Everyone's treating James Robinson like a wet napkin. He's he's in a, a wet napkin, back, Zach. <laughs> he's in a dual running back system with another guy that has proven that he can get volume. And like he just both, got traded. Like he's like obviously it's the same not way. Get... Jeff Wilson has played great for you, Mitch, the last few weeks. Do I still want to share that backfield starting in my lineup? I don't feel comfortable about it week to week. No, even if I he's don't. playing well, yeah, no. Like even though he's went for twenty back to back weeks, I still don't feel good about Jeff Wilson. I don't feel good about anybody that doesn't have a lead role at running back. No, and I'm with you, and I have Jeff Wilson because I'm like have a brain and I understand things. And and Robinson as well isn't going to give you pass catching, so you're completely re- relying on him getting in the end zone. He had a pass catching touchdown last week. Well, you got us there, Zach. No, I, I I didn't know that. Okay, but he had one last week. But you, you, no one's going to sit here and say that that trode, tro, trode, trode, wow. <laughs> that trade, looking at it face value right now, I know we have to wait for a few weeks. No one's looking at that and going, oh, that was kind of close. Like, I, I think arguably 10 out of 12 people, maybe 9 out of 12 in the league, we're like, whoa, like Zach just got his team a lot better. I don't want to say that you're selling okay. Tony Pollard high, but it, when Zeke comes back, he's going to eat into his work. And Tony Pollard had his best games when Zeke was out. That's all I'm going to say. 
I I really I really don't know like if you've watched Zeke play football. I understand, so Zach. Bad. We don't need to talk about Zeke. He's washed. He's washed as fuck, dude. I don't like him. He's not good. Tony Pollard is miles better than him, and we all see that. My no one's saying he's better. Is that they paid him a shit ton of money that he's still gonna get work regardless, and that's gonna eat into his work share like Tony Pollard's, and he's not gonna have the high end upside that he's had. Maybe he still does, and I'm a fucking idiot, and I can't see the future because, of course, I can't. But, like, that's my point is that, like, you just – I just think you made – like, it's a testament to you. I think you made great moves there. Like, I think you did. I think Burt's failed to see some things on his end. And, like, his team – his team that he's rolling out there this week is probably the best lineup that he can out of his whole team. Ertz has done for the year. Like, would you start Michael – would you feel good about starting Michael Gap or Alec Pierce? Probably not. So this team that's projected 117 points this week is what he's banking on getting him to the playoffs. That's not it. That All is right, not so, it. So I must have struck a chord there because you just went on a long tangent. But uh because you're an so, idiot. You're like, act like what you say sometimes I'm not, doesn't I'm make not sense. offended. Like I'm not offended. It's just that I'm trying to make a point and it feels like you just kind of go a whole other direction with that point. And I'm like no, like, this is my point. I'm with you. Everybody's with you that Zeke sucks. That had nothing to do with this entire trade conversation that we were just having. It's that you brought up that James Robinson is way better than, than Zeke, and I agree with you. I don't think anybody disagrees. You get where I'm coming from? Okay, so what I was saying was people would start Zeke if they had him, and they wouldn't question it, but people question I don't believe Robinson. that at all. I don't think I don't think Nick wants to be starting Zeke, but he's kind of forced to because the kid's got the worst lineup in league history out there this week. Not yeah. his fault, Anyways. by the way. Not his, not his fault. Anyways, I, I don't think, like, people are also understanding Herbert has been a pile of dog shit, and I think it's coaching. I'm not saying he's going to be like this the rest of the year because his weapons are coming back. But those coaches gotta get fired. I I'm not a big fan of Staley. I will agree with you on that. But I do well, think that Keenan Allen. Is. I think Keenan Allen, if, if he comes back, he can get back to full health. Is a huge piece that made Herbert very successful in the first two years of his career. And I I I want to say like with Herbert, like Vert's probably felt this too. Like he was almost like knowing he was capable of putting up big numbers. Like he he's a great quarterback. He just needs a little help. And I think he was just done. I don't think he was trying to get rid of her, but I think he was just done with the fact that he was always like waiting for something to happen, but he's always going to be capable, which you in a position you're in with your record and the other people on your team, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to move on from that trade. Obviously there's a lot of controversy, but all in all, I wouldn't say controversy is just kind of just, like, there's nothing controversial about that trade. I'm not going to say that that's an egregious trade. Like, oh, veto, veto. Like, never. Like, I would never say to veto that trade. Like, it definitely can go versus way. Like, it definitely can. But all I'm saying is that, like, from a, from me, that I'm trying to win a fantasy football championship, like, I'm going to get irritated when I see somebody that's also, like, in a good spot to get there make good moves. That's more where my irritation comes from. That's all. I guess I shouldn't have used the word controversy. You're right. There's no like controversy, but I definitely like. The it's irritation. It. And it's more just like, why? Like, like, I really want to hear your thinking behind it because I don't know. Verts has gone quiet. He started five and one and the dude's gone ghost. Now well, he's five and five. 
I think he did the trade because I felt like he thought he needed a change. I know he's not on here, so he's not going to speak for it. He'll probably tell us in the chat later. But I think he was just thinking he needed a change. He Obviously, the guys he had weren't getting it done for him. So he's like, you know what? I got to try something different to either get back in the playoffs or whatnot. So. What I think is wild before we move on is that Verts has two guys in his starting lineup that are like he drafted. That's it. <laughs> just totally okay. rehauled his team. Next trade we got. Is oh, were you gonna say something, Zach? I'm sorry. I was just gonna say Verts is getting a lot of heat, and you didn't get any comments about your and Joel's trade. Verts is only projected one point away from Joel, and he's at full strength too. That's all I gotta say. And I will say, yes, Lamar's been playing bad, but Mahomes is literally the best player in fantasy. So I think Verts and Joel's teams are a lot closer than you want to admit. Well, yeah, no, I agree. Well, like Joel, like will tell you, and he's told us time and time again that he's not going to complain this year. His team's been awful, and he's by far the lowest scorer in the league. And he's six and four. He's gotten incredible luck, and it's hats off to the fantasy gods for him. And you know, like I'm, I like I'm not, I'm not giving Bert's heat for being bad. I'm giving him heat because he's in a prime spot. He's holding the six seed. He can make for a push to the playoffs, and I think he just made his team so much worse and like he was five and one this year and his team is completely different than it was when he was five and one he just was like abandoned ship on his team like all he has left is Debo Samuel and Ramondre Stevenson and he wasn't even starting Stevenson to start the year I mean I think I think you would still have to point out Mahomes and Pollard I don't I don't see how you can't say their names I don't know you obviously met Mahomes but you gotta include Pollard in there because he's just done it all year yeah, he's a good player. But you have Nick Chubb. I told you I was going to touch his Chubb before the year. So next trade we've got on the board um, happened with Pause. Jordan and Levi. <laughs> nope, I'm missing something. Nope, I'm right. Jordan and Levi. So Jordan gets Gabe Davis and A.J. Brown, and Levi gets Jonathan Taylor and Rondale Moore. Not a whole lot of controversy with this trade. I keep using the word controversy, but I don't think anyone really felt. You just want to stir a pot or something. No, like, no. You're trying to get people riled up when you say that. I, don't know I more or less is. thought that people like looked at this and thought like they didn't feel a certain way about it. You know, no. I like Gabe Davis, and I know some people definitely approached Levi all year about AJ Brown, and I would know why Levi got rid of AJ Brown from this past week, and we'll talk about it. But Jonathan Taylor just had a good game back too, and Levi gets him. So thoughts. Levi needed a running back. I would have uh I would have traded Nick Chubb for AJ Brown. I wanted one of his big three all year so badly. It was disgusting. I probably talked to him every other week. Yeah, same. So and then Jordan took that Gabe Davis pick and flipped him right back to Verts, who gave him Booby Sanders. So now Verts gets Gabe Davis, Jordan. Comes back and gets his guy, Booby Sanders, who we drafted, bringing him back to the squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I would say, I would say that was more for Verts there, just getting another receiver so he doesn't just have to rely on Duvernay's as two, even though I think Duvernay is going to have a good year to end with Mark Andrews coming back. I mean, obviously, he can't be the only weapon on that receiving core. So I think Gabe Davis, Debo, and Duvernay is solid at that. He's been proven to carry that Ravens receiving load, though, sometimes. So you never know. But yeah. Gabe Davis is a total. Some games for sure. Gabe Davis is definitely a boomer bust guy, considering the shots he gets in terms of 
plays down the field. So Hurts, hopefully it works out for you. But I know for sure over this trade deadline, um, people were talking. I was talking with multiple people about Hollywood Brown. He's coming back soon, hopefully. Um, but we wasn't able to get anything done. I know Booby was in conversations with some other people as well. Wasn't able to get anything done. But that's your trade deadlines. You're not going to hear any more trades for the rest of the year. Boys, anything trade-related you wanted to point out regarding the whole year before we close this up? Um, yeah, that's a loaded question, Loki, because, like, I could say a lot, but I kind of just don't want to. That's all. Like, so- I, I would – what I would say is I feel like this year people were really difficult. Like, people were really, really difficult, and it was it was annoying, I guess, because, like, first off, communication is poor – like if like I might even invoke a rule on my team's managing size that we have to sit down and FaceTime so I can understand and just get things done quicker or just like at least get conversations going, not waiting two hours for responses, which we're all busy guys. I get that, but I care a lot about fantasy football and, you know, kind of just want to keep things moving. Zach, anything? Um. I think I kind of learned with some players that are just like probably not going to be future deals just because they're not willing to like sit down like Scherf said and have a conversation about it. It's just pushed off and there's no like negotiating. So it's just it's hard to deal with a team that's not willing to negotiate anything. Yeah, I will me? say – no, no, no. I will say that me and Zach like really did not talk at all this year. Like I don't I, – I maybe it had to do that we both were winning and like – we didn't want to touch each other's teams. Pause, maybe. Uh, but like, I like we just didn't we didn't really discuss at all this year. Like, I mean, maybe there was just like a throw out there, like after the podcast when we were sitting out is sitting on here. But I don't know. All right, let's move into our week ten results. Um, eventful week, a lot of Mitch is the worst trader in this league. Mitch. Yeah, I was joking though. Yeah. The offer I gave Zach, it would look like it. You aired out there. I want to hear it. Now I want to hear it. Well, Zach was just asking me about Stefan Diggs, and I said his entire team. And like I was joking. But then we were like kind of talking about stuff. And I was like, you know what? You gotta give me Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry for Stefan Diggs and Melvin Gordon. <laughs> well, that's a joke. Like, that's not serious. I know, but I think he was actually trying to have an honest conversation about Stefan Diggs. And I was like, not really. And part of it is because I told Zach this. I was like, your guys are either really good and I don't have enough firepower to trade with you for those guys. Or I think they're very, very average, if not below average, and I wouldn't want them. Fair. I offered him Nick Chubb and Deontay uh, Johnson for Diggs and Jarek McKinnon. I could see why Mitch said no. But that's a pretty good trade. Like that's a that's a fair offer. That's, I'm just not a fan of Deontay Johnson. There. It's not Nick Chubb. I yeah, just, I know. It's just you, it sucks that Johnson it. Johnson's had so many targets this year, and it just has turned into nothing because that offense just sucks. Well, he doesn't get in the end zone. But I was gonna say it's it's just remarkable to me that you're gonna go out there with the running backs you have. That's that's kind of why I thought maybe you'd want a top five back, but that's just where I, I was going with that. The one last week. 
So, but we're we're getting off track. Let's move on. Week ten results. Uh, game of the week. Nick, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jordan beats Nick one thirty four to one hundred four. It's been a running joke that whoever I pick for game of the week loses. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> you are picking everybody, and they lose. The only time I won is when I piggyback with everybody on a guy. And that's the only time I've won. Yeah, it's pathetic, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't know at this point. So I was wrong. Belted two and six. Booby was wrong. He's four and six. Zach was wrong, but he goes to eight and two. But this game was a good game. Uh, Adams had twenty-seven. Jonathan Taylor twenty-four. Two with twenty-three. And I had to throw Booby's guy Peoples Jones in there with fourteen. Say Jonathan Taylor. Is that not Jonathan Taylor? No. Who's Taylor? Did I look at the wrong game? Oopsies. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm tripping. I'm sorry. I was looking at something wrong. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm being a dumbass. No, all good. But those boys played well. I mean, if Nick had some better players around him, I'm sure he loves the way Tua's been playing for him this fantasy season. Yeah. I mean, you have a one in four chance to win if Mitch picks your team. Um Krieger's team showed up. I call them overrated, and they took it personally. Can I just ask you this one thing? Like, not hostile, but like, why when you said I took it out of context? Like, what did that mean? When I said because I thought you were just coming off like I thought you were trying to act like I was just going out there saying Jordan's team is a piece of shit, like all willy nilly. But really what you said in the chat in context was that he has a decent team. And I said he was overrated if people are calling his team decent because he's had a pretty rough year, and I think he would be the first in line to tell you that. Oh, yeah. Right. Ruby, anything this game? Dude, I was just so confused. I think our matchups were are the same as last year. Because I was on week 10 – of last year's on accident because I'm on my PC and they were would it was literally me versus Berg and I was like tripping out like Berg did not beat me 127 to 111 that did not happen this no season. they they genuinely but, are I think because we don't change our divisions ever yeah that's obviously going to be a discussion at our round table meeting at the next draft yeah. in a closed environment with no outsiders so um, moving on though. Boy, hold on. I I do want to get my thoughts on this game because okay. I just, you know, I mean, I just feel bad for Nick because Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, man, that. Uh, hey, Krieger, I I do want to I do want to say Krieger turned into a receiver team really quick. <laughs> like he's got Kirk Adams and now he's at AJ Brown, and he drafted three running backs to start the year, so now he's a receiver team. Yeah. Recognizing kind of cool. something's wrong and you gotta do something about it. But I to finish what I was gonna say, literally Cooper Cup. I can't believe nobody mentioned it and Mitch was ready to move on. Nick man, oh my god, that is just devastating at its finest. You're fucked. Your capital F fucked. I pray <laughs> I pray for you this next week, looking at your projection, and I pray. Or whatever whatever you can do to keep 
keep paintballs from pelting you from every direction in the offseason. Besides Nick and me earlier in the year, and even now to the fact I could be, I could still easily be in the garbage bowl, but I really wanted Nick to do well this year. And it sucks he didn't. Because don't you, don't you forget all you Champions League members? They got a little vendetta against you in your little dinner lying about where you're going. I, I, I'd say me and Nick are very friendly. I would say that there's no bad blood between me and him, so I'm not you know sure. I'm not sure if you're bringing uh, bringing that out of context, or you know what Nick says. Lying. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't blame that, um, but um, yeah, unfortunately, I do want to publicly I do want to publicly say sorry to Nick for the rest of the year because I'm looking at his matchup from this last week. And if you take out Cooper Cup and you look at his bench, that's who's going to play the rest of the year. And that person is Ezekiel Elliott. Dude, you hate, like, and no one thinks he's good. Like, when me and Nick made that trade, it was oh, literally I'm saying, baggage. I'm saying, I'm saying going from Cooper Cup, feeling good, feeling good about your roster, you're, like, confident going every week, Ezekiel Elliott. That's good. Just go kick in the pants. You picked up Christian Watson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, did you just get another touchdown? Gotta hope he keeps it up. Did he? Gotta hope. I, I don't know. So uh, people are texting. He's gaining confidence. Either made a big catch or something. Wonderful. I, I I'm looking at the scores. I'm not looking at the game, and it's painful. All right. So moving on. We're gonna move on. The next game we've got up here is what I like to call the <laughs> best worst game ever. And I only wish all of you could see what's going on on the cameras right now here recording this. But this is the best worst game ever. Joel beats Levi 102.28 to 101.88. This was a Monday Night Madness game. Booby, care to explain? Here to explain. I mean, time out, time out. We got to explain what that was on the camera before we like, move on. Right? What? Me flipping off Zach for no, a minute straight? Zach just started unpacking in the camera. Yeah, he's, he's pretty happy that Derrick Henry scored, and I'm pretty pissed, so he can get <laughs> fucked. So, but this Monday Night Madness game with Joel and Levi, you care to explain? You want me to? I mean, A.J. Brown got 1.7 points on Monday night when he needed, like, 0.4 more points to win. I mean, it was pathetic the way that A.J. Brown went in the game, got a quick pass, and then he was out for more the first half. But he played in the second half. Like, he was out there and just never got another catch, not even, like, a late BS catch or anything. And that allowed Joel to then beat Levi and have a six and four record, which is absurd. And that's a really hard fought loss for Levi considering he's on a playoff push. Yeah, it sucks. I'm I'm pretty I'm actually really happy that it happened because he beat me because Kenny and Drake outperformed Eric Henry last week or the week before. And it was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen on Monday Night Football. Well I think one if you really thing. like look at it 
like Kenyon Drake's better than Pollard and probably better than Zeke if we want to talk about that. Stop. I'm sorry. We should ban we should ban the name Zeke and Ezekiel Elliott from this podcast. I'm sick of it, dude. No, but I you were happy it. just because Kenyon Drake kind of blew up on you and then got a little taste back. Yeah, it felt good to see Levi lose, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, I was I was happy for it. Actually, I guess I really didn't care because Joel and Levi are kind of like same record wise as I am. But now that makes for a huge matchup for myself with Levi later on. But Justin Jefferson at 35 for him against the Bills, by the way. And the catch he made when it was like fourth and nine, fourth and 11, whatever it was, one-handed, jumps up behind him. Guy's got two hands on it and rips it down. I mean, that was just sensational. It's one of the best games I've ever seen by a wide receiver. Um, I do want to point out, all the throws that were thrown to him were dog shit. Kirk Cousins is not accurate at all. He's just very lucky to have like a Randy Moss on his team. Yeah. So yeah, really, well, really I'm with you that the new nightmare, as people call him here, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but the new nightmare is not good. But I also saw that they're putting the sleeve and the gloves that Jefferson was wearing in the, in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Unless that was a ball sack sports thing, but I thought it was Fox. I mean, dude, that was one of the best games I've ever seen a wide receiver play just because of how clutch he was. Like that throw on fourth and 17 and the catch he made, like, Mm -hmm. well, the throw was bad. I can't even mention the throw. It was well over his head in like, I don't know how much the Bills corner helped him catch it, but holy shit, dude. I just want to know. I do want to. I do want to say Kirk Cousins had two interceptions, only 15 fantasy points, and the Bills don't have their secondary healthy. I think their only healthy guy was one of their safeties who's a rookie. So all their starters are hurt, and it was still extremely competitive. So I want to say the Vikings are fake. I I hate them. Josh Allen was not – he was probably like 99%. Not 100 But I just want to know, like, Levi's got to be just annoyed. And Joel had made a scout's honor after that game that he will no longer um, complain about fantasy football considering what he just won with. So we'll keep an eye on that. Don't blame him. I ended up beating Verts this week, uh, 127 to 94. And this is officially now considered the downfall of the Piss Puppies after starting five and one, I believe, to now five and five. He can't feel good about his team. We obviously talked about his trade, but you know, I don't think he was necessarily like talking shit to everybody. He's more or less people giving him shit for his team, and he's like, "I'm not going to apologize, but I'm going to be loud about it." And now we all said it was going to catch up to him, and I believe it's catching up to him. Yeah, I mean, like, so, we can talk about this game, but sorry, Zach. We can talk about this game, but Verts has one guy on his team on the, in this lineup. So, like, I, I mean, yeah. I was just about to comment on how much trades he had. I mean, hindsight probably should have kept Tay, but he, he wanted to change it up, even though he was rolling people and uh, got to respect it. I mean, some people are very impatient with their teams, and some people are patient. We saw a lot of patience this year. Yeah. 
I mean, this game, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I'm very grateful that he kind of didn't play the greatest for his team. They obviously didn't show up. And I mean, 127 is not a lot to really tip your cap on, but I will definitely take the win. But Jeff Wilson getting traded to Miami still puts up 22. Um, I know they're splitting time and he's just really getting the carries nowadays or the touches towards the end zone. And I'll take it. Stefan Diggs looked great. Again, that's 24 points. Just couldn't find the end zone because does Josh Allen have an interception problem? Weasley. Like he's thrown one every week except for two, I think. I don't really want to say interceptions is like a huge stat anymore just because Stafford led the league last year and won the Super Bowl. Just having an insane defense and some insane weapons. Like you just got to take chances when you have playmakers like that. Just trust your defense a little bit. You want to have a hot take, or maybe it's not hot, but you just want to like a like a debate, and sure. Mitch might disagree. But I think it's ridiculous people put Josh Allen on Mahomes' level. I think it's ridiculous. Why is that? I I just think it's ridiculous. I think Mahomes is is, is the best quarterback in the league, and then there's a list below. So you think he's like leaps and bounds the best quarterback? Leaps and bounds is a strong word, but I think it's pretty evident that he is. Is Josh Allen then in your mind closer to Mahomes or is Josh Allen is Josh Allen closer to Mahomes and Lamar is closer to Allen or flipped for you? What the hell did you just say? I would say that Lamar Jackson is closer to Josh Allen than Josh Allen is to Mahomes. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Oh, that way. That way. I think I, I like Mahomes is fake, dude. He's fake. He's not – his last month has been fucked. He's so good. He's been the best quarterback in the NFL for a while. I guess my now. rebuttal – I don't think it's a, it's like a hot take. It's just like a debate. I don't think – I guess my rebuttal to that is I know Mahomes can run, but like do you watch Josh Allen run the football when he does? Yeah, no, it's great. He's literally a fucking tight end. I know. Running the ball, like and over runs the ball through defenders. And over. He can throw the ball. He's got a cannon of an arm. He can definitely make plays. I will say Mahomes is more crafty for sure, a hundred percent. But I think he has all the tools and the wet and like the skill to win you a game, just as Mahomes does personally. I mean, the Bills didn't they beat the Chiefs this year at at Arrowhead? Yeah. Yep. They did. Man, he, he can he's got he's like Mike Tyson. He's got a puncher's chance no matter who he's playing. I'd say he's kind of in a league of his own. Like Mahomes and Allen are just such different play styles, it's ridiculous. Like in overtime, like uh Josh Allen just trucked those Viking players in those two big runs. Like yep. he was just like, I'm gonna make a play. Yep. He was like, I'm making a play. Depending on what he saw in the defense, he's like, it's my turn to make a play. So I think him and Mahomes play so different. He's it's it's more like Lamar. They do, and trust me, I think Mahomes is fucked too. I do, but I want to point out that they're one A, one B in my opinion, and I think it depends week to week who's up that the A position. I think it's one and two. It's fine. That's fair. We will point out that Foreman for Bertie had nineteen. That was about the only player that performed for him. Otherwise, the rest of his team kind of took a sit on the bench, essentially. Bye-bye, Vertsy. Booby beats Berg this week, 179 to 115. Fields is is him. And 
We're getting developments on the screen, everybody, that we're just going to roll with. But Fields gets 39 again. Joel trading CD Lamb to Booby. He puts up a season-high 38. Jacobs for Berg puts up 22. And then Scary Terry, first time we mentioned his name this year, I believe, puts up 20, uh, essentially against the Eagles, who are now not, not undefeated. Um, I guess my first thought on this game is I, I'm in, I might be literally in love with Travis Kelsey. I might be in love with him. It's so cool. It's just a, it's just awesome. It's just super cool to have him. Dabo? I'm sorry. I thought, I thought Booby was going to go a little bit more with that. Um, yeah. I mean, Booby literally shit on Bird publicly. Like Berg was doing a walk of atonement and Booby was throwing shit at him the whole the whole weekend. But uh I'm just I'm just like looking at Berg's team, and it's not like he doesn't have players on his team, kind of like how Jordan was all year. They just aren't performing. Like Kamara getting 7.5. I'm surprised Berg didn't get a haul for him. Josh Jacobs, I mean, dude keeps it up. So I I mean I get it. He didn't trade him, but Man, he's got a lot of talent that he probably could have turned into some pretty big things. Just seeing like some of the trades that happened, like Scherf trading Lamar, who is playing bad for the heart of Joel's team and CeeDee Lamb, just like just a boom player if there ever was one. And yeah, it looks bad on Joel that CeeDee Lamb put up the best fucking game of the year. Of course, it's against the Packers, but they didn't win, so I don't care. But yeah, Berg, I uh, can't imagine you turned on football this weekend i just berg's hard to trade with in my opinion oh yeah oh yeah in my opinion well like the conversation i had i was with bird this weekend like alvin kamara deandre swift and josh jacobs are great trio of running backs Mm -hmm. one of them's gonna go off for over 20 the other two aren't gonna get it done and that's been his case the whole year and it's why he's three and seven plus swift missed a lot of time but when it goes back to my team, I don't I don't have a lot to say really. Like I just I really like my team and I think it's really good. That's and yeah, nor should you. And you brought up kind of earlier that like I do think you got a good team, but I mean to be good and be great like that, some things gotta fall your way. And Justin Fields, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White. Yeah. That's and three I, instances I would even... of where I have gotten so lucky this year. If Rashad White ends up actually being the Bucks RB one and like he's startable, like I'm ter- like I can't imagine, and I'm gonna have problems picking my playoff roster. And I feel like I love everybody that I could play. A couple of guys are like, eh, like are they gonna be very good or are they gonna just like be average that week? But like I don't, I'm not like worried about a guy really. Yeah. See what happens well, if Keenan's back. Sorry. I just want to say one more thing that I think Adam overvalues some of his players week to week. So that was the only thing. Berg, Berg will try to like butter up his trade guys by trying to convince you that you're getting the right value, even though everyone in the league's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like I got to hand it to him. The dude, very great talker. It's always a pleasure having a conversation with him. Man. I do want to point out. Well, no, we'll get to that later. But our next game on deck is Liam beats Reed, 126 to 110. Barkley and St. Brown put up 22 and 23, respectfully. 
And then both Reed's running backs went off for 23. But other than that, Reed's, Reed's running backs carry that team. Not a whole lot of action going on anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, T. Higgins on by and Mike Williams is still out. He's just not trotting out guys that you're confident in week to week. I'm, I'm about to verse a healthy read. If Mike Williams plays, yeah. Oh, that's right. He, he's questionable. Yeah, him and Keenan were limited in practice today and yesterday. Yeah, you know, I, know Liam, I know Liam only won by like 16 points, but I definitely think he's like on cruise control right now, just waiting for the playoffs, essentially. He'll set his lineup week in and week out, but he's not going to be active in the chat or anything like that because he's just on cruise control now. He kind of shut everybody up from his – I don't even remember who the player was that he drafted. Joe Mixon. No. Richard Higgins. Richard Higgins. That whole debacle early on in the year and then – some people saying that he was the worst fantasy player and like he's he's just shutting up right now. And if he wins, I mean, like Zach had said earlier in the year, like he's going to be loud. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. But in our last game to wrap up our week 10, Zach, you ended up beating Lang 129 to 108. Lang's team's pretty beat up. Mahomes put up 31, Pollard put up 21. Lang's team just had balanced scoring. No one really outperformed anybody. I mean, when you only score 108, players probably aren't going to go nutty. But I don't know. I don't know what Lang is going to do. I mean, when's Jamar supposed to come back? I think he can come back this week. So if he can get him back, I think that'll be a huge addition, obviously. But Yeah, because Chuba Hubbard and Mac Hollins getting you less than five points isn't Great. Actually, it just five points. No. And Matt Collins had zero until like two minutes left. I think I think uh, Lang said he had to turn it off when he saw Darius Slayton run for like a 58 five yard touchdown. I was on my feet. That was electric. Uh, I also was complimenting Lang's Damian Pierce because I just love him as a player. But he's like, I honestly don't care about a guy that gets about 30 times just to get four yards and a fumble. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get in the end zone. It's weird. Well, really Texans weird. don't get in there often anyways. Yeah, yeah oh, it's true. Texans are really bad. Damien, really bad. I think he'll be a good play in like two or three years maybe when the Texans figure it out because I think he's going to be a good player for a while, but we won't know until they can put some pieces around him. Seems like a guy that they're just randomly going to draft somebody and he's going to split time with them. I don't know. Weird. Just <laughs> no. a weird, weird, just prediction, but whatever. Yeah. But that was our week 10 uh, wrap up here. And that leaves us with some playoff updates as we have four weeks left in the season from this point currently right now. The, the We started the week today, obviously with the game going on, but you know, some playoff locks. These people are going to be in the playoffs. We've got Zach, Booby, Lang and Liam. Uh, people that should be in, and I mean record-wise, not team or scoring-wise, is going to be Joel. And you got your bubble teams, who I would consider those to be Verts at five and five, Reed at five and five, Levi at four and six, myself at four and six. Um, unlikely, but still st- statistically possible to make the playoffs is Adam and Jordan, and then statistically out, but I just looked again and it says he has a one percent chance to make it. Would be Nick. So. I don't know this bubble section right here and then 
depending on what Joel's team does to perform, I mean, he should be in. He's got like an 80% chance to get in, but you never know. It could get weird. Yeah, I mean, a lot can happen. There's still four weeks left in the middle. of The league is pretty bunched together, but it feels like there's three teams that are locked in and looking forward towards the fantasy football playoffs. And there's some buy implications still up for grabs, but yep, we'll see what happens. But in terms of like, this isn't going to be our game of the week, but don't Jordan and Adam play this week? Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge game considering – one of them has to lose, and let's say Nick decides to win, right? Then you're all right back. We could have made that game of the week, but Jordan said, please stop. Jordan said, please stop putting me in game of the weeks. <laughs> then we respect the commission's wishes. That was a weird sentence to say. I'm I'm just looking at this matchup, and it's just so, like, some of the players on here, I just can't – I can't believe they still make lineups just based off of projections. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, just – I'm just going to point out Matt Collins just because Lang had him last week. The dude's projected like eight to nine, and I think he might be like one of the worst uncoordinated people I've ever watched play a football game. Because I thought <laughs> – I've never seen it. I've never seen him play. Well, fucking he's, – He's gross. The projections gross mean player. absolutely nothing. I mean, Kyle Pitts, they still – like put him as like a 12 to 11 point tight end every week. I'm like, why, why do you do this? Like he's going to get two. Kyle Pitts has to be the biggest boss in fantasy football this year. Right. You, I mean, I know it was hurt. uh, You can argue. Najee. Najee. I'm taking Pitts. I'll probably go Najee. Pitts is unplayable, man. It's really bad. I had a question. I'm not going to, but like, if I were to drop him, like someone's picking him up and starting him. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. What are you? What are you waiting for at this point? This ain't dynasty. No, I know, but like, someone's my. I mean, I'm biting for it. The 11 points a game. Like somebody's picking him up. And well, actually, yeah, probably somebody would start him because, dude, I think I saw the other day that Taysom Hill's still like tight end six. Yeah. It's like, all... we had that podcast with Nick where we talked about tight ends the whole time. Dude, the tight ends in our league, let me go look at it. I well, mean, think it about is... how many are hurt right now, okay? It's so bad, though. Like, the whole year, like, the player rankings for tight ends is so bad. Even Mark Andrews, though, Zach, like, he's gotten hurt, and he's kind of, like, not fallen off, fallen off, but, like, nowhere near what Travis Kelsey does. You've got Dalton Schultz, who's hurt, I believe, or they said he was hurt. No, not last week. Okay, so so the tight end rankings: Kelsey, 187 points; Mark Andrews, 121 points; Zach Ertz out for the year, 115; Dallas Goddard IR today or yesterday, 113; Hawkinson, 113 with a 40 point game. Then from tight end five to tight end six, Taysom Hill has 83 points to Hawkinson's 113. And Hawkinson had 83, 83, and then it's Tower Conklin, Tower Higby, Gerald Everett, Pat Fryermuth, Juwan Johnson, Cole Komet. If you don't have a top five tight end, your tight end's not averaging nine points a game. No, you're just streaming. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Thing, it's Even horrible. It's bad though. And Cole Komet's only got 81 points because he's had back to back 20 point games. Yep. 
And somebody's like, yeah, I'm starting that. Because it's better than what I have. It's better than what I've been playing. But this brings up a point to talk about, like, we've had some waiver wire shit happen this year and, like, everything that's going on with our rosters. But, like, the waiver wire, like, guys were picking up. Oh, my gosh. We removed two spots, bro. We removed two spots from our roster to make it better, and it's not any better. Like, I I Jackson's projected, like, 5.5. He's the best fucking running back on the waiver wire. It's sickening, dude. When I'm scrolling through, like, TikTok, like, random, like, fucking dudes will pop up, like, oh, you got to pick up these players in fantasy. And I always look, and the reason I look is because all the guys they mention, they've been rostered for, like, four or five weeks in our league. Like, it's unbelievable. This sucks. I'm not gonna really say it. No call there, in my opinion. Um, I think I think it just. Uh, I think when we switch to uh, sleeper instead of ESPN, I think it'll be better in terms of. I I think I think it's crazy that we talked about that earlier this year, and it was kind of we were kind of skeptical of it. Like I know you two were, or like you I guys was. were. I mean, it wasn't that you guys weren't open to it, but you were questioning it. I think I feel like a lot of people are done with ESPN. I think people are just done with this app. Yep, it's trash. I, I was skeptical, but I'm done. That's now. what I'm saying, and a lot of people said that. Jordan said that he's definitely gonna look into it. Obviously, I don't think I think this is our last year on ESPN. I really do. And then you know, it's gonna be talked about. We got a league rules meeting that we've agreed as to of right now and a half behind closed doors with nobody else besides league members in. And you know, this what was it? The FAAB waiver wire acquisition budget. This is free agency for waiver wire. You just bet however many dollars we decide. Yeah, because I want to bring this up because I believe when we had Adam on, he was like, yeah, I don't know how people don't just pick guys up and drop them. Like, it's not that hard. (laughs) He was the one to commit it this past week. But granted, it was his birthday and he was We had a busy weekend. We had a very busy weekend. A lot happened. I just thought it was funny because – He's the one that said it shouldn't happen. We can just anybody that makes a mistake can just go back to the the point that like there shouldn't be like there shouldn't be a need to have to keep your roster at a certain fucking like depth when literally ESPN settings we could have changed it, but I think we would have we like I think it was kind of laziness, but like we had put in the whole rosters right after the draft, and it would it didn't let Jordan change it from. Yep. Eight, or eight to six. Yeah. So we are going to wrap this podcast up with our game of the week. And, you know, it's been been known out there that I'm could be cursed. I'm going to say could be still to this point because I think this is a real test. But um, it is a big game. We're going to go with game of the week being myself versus Levi. You know, Levi just had a really tough loss against Joel, which probably would have propelled him into the playoffs with a good percentage. Um, and I ended up winning again. That's two in a row for me. And I hate when my team does this or fantasy football does this, where they make you think you have a chance. Cause right when I think I have a chance and I get invested, I'm probably just going to get slapped in the face, but yeah, that's our game of the week this week is myself and Levi both four and six. We're both pushing for a playoff spot or basically we die and try to survive the garbage bowl. So that's the matchup this week. Obviously, I'm going to go with my – no. No, I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to go with Levi. That's awesome. I'm going with uh, Levi. Levi is going to beat me this week. 
I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go, Mitch. I'm also gonna go, Mitch. I'm astounded, Zach went my way. Well, I'm just, I'm just like, what, what did Levi do to make his team better right before it? And I just think, you know, Jonathan Taylor against Philadelphia sounds terrible with how he's played this year, and Justin Jefferson, who's questionable against Dallas. I don't know. I think I think the Cowboys are going to really want to win this one because they lost to the Packers in overtime, and those are his big big name players. And then you look at his flex, and we're talking Damian Harris and Nico Collins. So I, I'm not. I'm out. I'm out. Another thing I want to point out is that the that Bills game is not in Buffalo anymore, which would have been one hell of a game with the four to six foot snow incoming, but they've since moved it. Sadly. Yeah, I just think Levi has bad matchups this week, and his flex is some of the grossest thing I've seen well, throughout there. He's got some pretty bad lineups. I am still 100% going with Levi. I think he's going to win this week, regardless of his opponent. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> week 11, coming up, playoff push. We're wrapping up the start of our – First season in terms of fantasy football season of the podcast here. Uh, we're going to try to get some people on here later in the season and especially right before the playoffs to get their thoughts and feelings. But other than that, we'll try to keep you updated as possibly or as much as we possibly can. Uh, fellas, you got any last words? Go Pat, go. I think uh, for all the guys that still have a chance to make the playoffs, I just want to say weirder things have happened. Like Nick with a 1% chance to make it. Like, can you imagine what Nick would say or do if he made the playoffs? Like, it's just, I don't know. I just think there's one more week where everyone should, like, have a ton of hope. And, I mean, obviously, as it gets closer and you find out you're not going to make the playoffs, it sucks. But then you have to dodge the garbage bowl. So, I just think week in and week out, it's always exciting. Sunday's the best day of the week. Yeah, Nick's in, Nick's in a very tough spot. And we can basically say that uh, um, he's out. But – we I think we've seen Jordan start one and six and make the playoffs. So yeah. so all right. We're gonna end it there. Peace out. Stay uptight, it's
Thank you.